Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, little disclaimer. Um, so life happens, you know, we're all moms. Even our guest is a mom. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna, you're gonna hear some of our kids in the background. That's gonna happen. And, uh, oh, you wanna hear a thunderstorm? Yep, that joins us on this episode too. And Kayla, did you mention light drilling? I think, yeah, I think there was some light drilling in the background as well, but you know what? It doesn't even matter. The subject matter of this episode is so important and we are so excited to share it with you. <laughs> It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. Um, gosh, sometimes being in my 30s, I just feel like an old lady. Do you ever feel that way? <laughs> well, you don't look like an old lady, so that's good. Um, yes, I feel older than I thought I would feel being at this age and seeing all the younger generations coming up, it definitely can make me feel old at times. <laughs> yeah. And especially after doing all this research for uh, the episode that we have today, where we're talking about vaping mm-hmm. and e-cigarettes. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I was going to ask you, Candice, because there's an element of, you know, smoking in general being quote unquote cool in all sorts of movies and books and all these iconic characters. When you think of an iconic character from a movie, who do you think of? I know. It's funny you mentioned that. And like, 
but it is if you look if you watch old movies there's so much smoking i right. like i instantly thought of audrey hepburn she smokes all the time in breakfast breakfast at tiffany's mm-hmm. i mean i thought for some reason i just kept thinking like julia roberts and my best friend's wedding because i watched it not too long ago and i forget that she's like smoking yeah like so much in that movie and uh but yeah it looks like uh cool and sexy Mm -hmm. or just edgy it's always like someone who's edgy um and it's why like I wanted to try smoking when I was a teenager for sure um because I felt really like socially uncomfortable and other cool kids were doing it and it made me feel older and it made me feel cooler and uh how old were you when you had your first cigarette I was 17 and I know a lot, usually, uh, and any times when I've, uh, fallen off the, the cigarette wagon, I'm usually told by anyone around me being like, you, you have smoked a cigarette. Like it's, uh, I don't know why. Um, and it's because I'm not, I don't always have like a pack with me. I'm not like a, I've always told myself I'm a social smoker. I'm a social smoker. It comes and goes, it comes and goes like, um, obviously, especially since I've gotten older, especially since I have kids, especially since I've given birth and been pregnant, like, uh, you know, it's definitely not something that I do all the time. It is not something that I do every year or every month or every day. Um, but I've now in my thirties had to acknowledge that this wasn't just something I tried once or twice when I was young. It was something I became very, uh, reliant on when I was stressed out when I was younger. Um, you know, and didn't want to admit like that I was maybe slightly reliant or addicted to nicotine, but now looking back, it's like, oh yeah, 100%. Wow. It's, it's very difficult, you know? And, and even before we started recording today, Kayla, it was both like, do I talk about this? Do I not mm-hmm. talk about this? Cause it feels very shameful to talk about. Um, because it's not something that I'm proud of at all. Like I'm not proud of it at all. Um, it is 100% when I fall off the wagon, a crutch and it's like, I'm, yeah, it, it, it is, a, and so that's why, uh, even now I can't even like find the words for it. And my face is getting flushed and red and I'm like embarrassed that I'm talking about it. I feel like my parents are going to be mad at me and I'm going to get in trouble (laughs) and I'm going to be grounded. Um, It's always been kind of like a secret thing. (laughs) It, it, and you know, I can't say, I don't think you're alone in thinking that and feeling that I think there, as we were doing research, I found a lot of times people who were smokers or are smokers found this sort of shame surrounding it. And then when they met another smoker, it was almost relief. Like, oh, okay, you're not going to judge me. So nowadays we go from, you know, having all these cool characters in movies smoking to this sort of weird stigma around it in society. Um, And I appreciate you being honest and talking about it. You know, the truth is when I grew up, my oldest brother was a smoker, an avid smoker for years and years and years. And he had kids and decided that's when he would stop smoking. And it was extremely difficult for him. Uh, extremely to, to watch him go through that was really gut wrenching. And he looked at me and made me promise to never smoke. And so I had the experience from an older sibling watching him go through trying to quit and thinking, oh, I don't ever want to put myself through it. And so I, I learned from that early on in life because my brother is significantly older um, and watching that. And that really affected me. And so I, uh, you know, 
we all have our journey and our stories surrounding this. And now there's this new generation where they have these e-cigarettes and those are, they're now being told that, you know, it's a little bit healthier. Or, I'm using air quotes as I'm talking about this. And that's really what we want to talk about today. What I, how I felt it was explained to me from anyone else who was maybe, who was using a jewel. I specifically remember when like jewels started becoming popular, um, at least even in our age group, when we were in our, you know, mid to late twenties, mm-hmm. uh, was, it was this help. Like what I was being told by peers was look at this. Isn't it so cool? Um, it's vapor with nicotine in it. So it's good for you versus cigarettes. So this is actually like better for you than cigarettes and you don't smell and watch this. If you shake it back and forth, it goes into party mode and the little lights around it, like light up and do different things and you charge it. And I was like, wow, this is so cool and chic and it's better for you. And, and I tried it and I did not like it. I just, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the taste. I didn't like the feeling. I didn't like how it sat in my lungs. You know, I like tried to give it. And then I genuinely felt guilty that I wasn't enjoying what I was being told from peers, this healthier, healthier alternative to cigarettes, which I wasn't even smoking very often to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and now looking back, I'm so grateful that I didn't, you know, fall victim to the pod of the, the endless pods that get that people use that are just chock, chock full of nicotine. Um, because I can't imagine trying to break that habit if I could be using it everywhere and not smell. And like, you know, I I wouldn't know how to put it down. And, and so this is just, this was just conversations amongst our peer groups. And then now we're realizing Kayla from you and my conversations that this is beyond just, you know, adults struggling with like Mm -hmm. this newfound kind of like curtailed nicotine addiction. But more importantly, what we need to be focusing on is that there is an epidemic, a nicotine addiction epidemic with teenagers who have been marketed to, to jewel, to e-cigarette, to, um, to enjoy all of these, the flavors of nicotine that nicotine has to offer. And they are 100% addictive without being given any information of how harmful these products are. And the addiction is real. The epidemic is real. One in five kids vape, one in five teenagers vape. And, and this is in Juul was only the, the first marketing campaign for Juul was in 25, late 2015 into 2016. So this is six years later, six years. And for, um, for a generation that the smoking rates had dropped significantly low for, for nicotine. We knew it was 6% at the time before Juul came onto the market which is the lowest it's ever been. So smoking was, quote unquote, not cool. And the truth is, when you speak about the advertising and the influence that Juul has had on the younger generation, I know our inner circle has, I'm not going to mention names, but a few people, including us, Candice, um, who are influential to people who are on social media. And I know from experience that this is not, this didn't happen to you or me, but from friends of ours, they were sent Juuls to be encouraged to use them. And that is terrifying to have the company send for free multiple jewels in different colors and different flavors and all of this stuff so that so that people we know can influence the younger generation and into using the jewel specifically is what I'm referring to. 
And in reference to even earlier, you were saying like, you know, that you would even recognize my own behavior around like in, in little times, in, in times in which I found myself smoking again, um, that like I would be embarrassed and I'd kind of like try to hide. And, and, and the difference with that is that there has been no shame with jeweling. It's because there is no smell. And it's this idea of like, I'm not harming anyone around me and I, and I can do it anywhere. And, and it looks cool. And it, it become, it's become its own trend. It is a verb. Mm-hmm. It is, there is no shame. You know, I, there was uh, one, I'm also not going to mention a name, but you can Google it and find it yourself. Um, but there was a, a famous actress who was actually in a Broadway show watching it. Um, it was like in, you know, the press. And, and so she was watching this Broadway performance and was jeweling and vaping the whole time and was finally asked to leave because there were just like puffs of smoke going, you know, and it would be, or whether she was asked to leave or it had come out that there was like an, a, a just like a discussion, a heated discussion with other people around her to please stop. But it has become this, like, there is no shame. Um, and uh, what is even more shameful is and more important and what we really want to stress today is that there is no shame in the fact that big tobacco are the ones behind these products. They are the ones strategically marketing them to young people. And they're the ones benefiting from getting a whole new generation of people addicted to nicotine. If you don't addict kids, you don't have adults that are addicted. And so they are going after all of our kids. And it's terrifying. And if you are of the younger generation listening to this, like we, I'm sure maybe you're rolling your eyes or maybe you actually haven't heard that big tobacco is behind a lot of these uh, e-cigarettes and these vapes or jewel. And maybe to you, like, you've actually never even thought that they had that much nicotine in them or that they were even unhealthy. And so this is not about feeling shamed or embarrassed or thinking that you've like done this really big wrong thing. Like what this is about is just purely educating you and educating ourselves so that we can take the power back. That's what we want to discuss in these next two episodes. We're making this a two-parter. We feel really passionate about this. Today and next week, we have Meredith Berkman joining us. She is one of the co-founders of PAVE, which is Parents Against Vaping. It's a national grassroots organization that was founded in 2018 by Meredith Berkman, Dorian Furman, Dina Alessi, as a response to the youth vaping epidemic. The catalyst for PAVE was their discovery in April of 2018 that a Juul representative had entered their son's high school through an outside anti-addiction group without the school's knowledge and told ninth grade students, without adults present, that Juul was totally safe. So we want to jump right in with Meredith and have her tell us the story of what happened uh, to her son that day when a representative entered his high school and and what he told her uh, that evening when he came home and how that would lead her to want to start parentsagainstvaping.org. I was listening to the vaping fix and uh, was just, but this is kind of the first, you know, I'd really heard about this vaping epidemic uh, for young teenagers. And what really I could not 
fathom was what it experienced, what had happened to your son in April of 2018. So I just want to jump right in and have you start there. Meredith Berkman, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And that is really the the day in April of 2018 um, that my son came home from school and said, mom, dad, I need to talk to you about something that happened at school today, which is something that is a mother of teens. I rarely, if ever have heard in my home, <laughs> and I have four teens. I have one son and, 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 uh, and three daughters. Um, and that was a day that changed, it changed my life and it changed my son's life. And, um, he proceeded to tell us about what he referred to as a mixed message anti-addiction talk, um, that had been held at school for the entire ninth grade. He had just started high school that fall. And this was a new school. Um, and the teachers left the room, which is common for um, these kinds of presentations because they want the kids to be able to speak openly. And um, when they did, this, you know, supposed educator began talking to the kids about Juul. And um, in April of 2018, this was, you know, um, almost maybe it was nine or 10 months before um, the Surgeon General and the then, you know, the then Surgeon General and the health commissioner, the uh, secretary of health and others referred to the quote youth vaping epidemic. And so like most parents, I really wasn't sure what a jewel was, what e-cigarettes were, but the kids all knew and they were all using them. Uh, And so this person began saying, um, you know, jewel is not for kids. It is for adults. But every statement he made, as my son reported, was followed up by, but it's quote, totally safe. Again, you know, Juul is not for kids, it's for adults. Um, And by the way, it's quote, 99.9% safer than combustible traditional cigarettes, and it will be receiving FDA approval any day. And um, my son said there was a collective sigh of relief in the room from so many of his peers who were already addicted to Juul, addicted to nicotine through Juul, um, and because they were essentially being told they could vape without consequences. And he knew that there was something wrong. He knew that this person was essentially, you know, marketing this product to kids. At the end, my son, Caleb, and my co-founder, Dorian Furman's son, uh, Philip, who was also by then was heavily using himself and was addicted, um, something that, that my co-founder and her, and her family have been very open about, which um, really has, has, you know, we hope has helped to sort of destigmatize this addiction because it's so pervasive and people are always uncomfortable um, when speaking about it. Um, but they went up and my son and Philip asked more questions of this supposed educator. And that's when he took out a jewel he showed the boys how it worked and he referred to it as the iPhone. Oh my gosh. So you can imagine that when my son reported this, my husband and I freaked out and I called the two friends, new friends I had in, in, in my son's school, my Dorian and our third co-founder, Dina Alessi, whose son, Luke was a close friend of my son, Caleb. Um, and I said, did you guys hear anything about this? And they hadn't. And I said, you need to go ask your sons right now about this. And so we got back together that night and yes, they heard the same story. And, you know, we contacted the school, the school had no idea. And within 24 hours, having been um, a journalist, uh, you know, a while back, um, we were able to discover that in fact, this was um, again, that the school had no idea. They were in fact 
acting in good faith, trying to get ahead of a problem that even to this day, many schools are reluctant to admit that they have with their kids. Um, and that this was a dual representative that had been brought in by the outside anti-addiction group that we believe was acting very naively, but probably in good faith, because I called and said, I call, I remember the name of the outside group. I called them and I said, oh, there was a great speaker at my son's school today that I think came through you. And this young woman said, oh, that that was me. It's because um, I was Googling about Jewel and it brought me to the Jewel website. And at that time in April 2018, there was a named employee um, who was uh, the, quote, youth prevention education uh, you know, who, who, who has disappeared from the website, by the way. Um, and all of this was anyway, long story short, that night, my friends and I decided that we were going to join the what we hoped was out there, which was the Mothers Against Drunk Driving of Vaping Mad, only to discover that one did not yet exist. Um, and, you know, we began doing more and more research. And we we just I in some ways, I, I sometimes I say to my son, I wish you'd never come home and told me that story. So I didn't have to be doing this because this has completely taken over our lives. I mean, Dorian and I, and we, you know, we, we work for free. We've devoted our lives to this group that were essentially the necessary idiots who had to start the group that we probably would have preferred to join rather than to start. And, um, you know, we began connecting just sort of randomly because no one told us that that's not how it was done. We just sort of barreled in and began talking to, you know, child psychologists and pediatricians, some we knew. And then as time went on, those we didn't. And a real turning point for us was um, while Googling late one night, we came across the Stanford Medical School um, uh, Tobacco Prevention Toolkit. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. There's like this research, you know, about about this. Um, and then I noticed that there was a really strange disclaimer at the bottom that said something like, um, it has come to our attention that um, some of our materials are being used without permission by uh, companies or individuals whose goals are counter to our own of preventing um, youth tobacco use. And I absolutely was convinced that this was a reference to Juul because it seemed to fit with our own experience. And I randomly sent an email um, and I got a phone call a, a little bit later. Um, and the researchers, this woman said, hi, my name is Dr. Bonnie Halpern Felsher, and I am the head of adolescent medicine research at Stanford Medical School. And I received an email from you. And I just said, Juul stole from you, right? And there was a long silence. And she said, how do you know that? And I said, I'm going to tell you how I know. And I shared my story. And in that moment, instinctively, I said, well, we're putting together an advisory board. There was no advisory board. <laughs> um, and I said, will you join? And she said, yes. And that has been uh, really, that was a profoundly important moment because once you have, I always laugh. I'm like, well, you were the, I should have said I, the founding advisory board member. She's now on our, our actual board. Um, so that connection of Stanford, you know, she then was visiting um, the East Coast and came to our, you know, came to my home. We took her to meetings everywhere and it just snowballed from there. So, um, you know, we launched a website in September of 2018. Um, and the next thing we knew that first night, people were writing to us from all across the country. And um, now we have a, a na you know, we're the national grassroots voice for parents, the, the only national voice for parents um, in tobacco control. There never was an organized voice like this before. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hold up. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix my favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly.
we're back. So I want to bring it back, though, to, the, I mean, the original, the Jewel co-founders, James Monsies and Adam Bowen, initially said that they wanted to develop a product that would specifically help um, addicted smokers get off of smoking well, that's plastic what they cigarettes. That's what they said. But then when they turned out a marketing campaign in 2015 to advertise Jewel, we all saw something that looked completely different than trying to market to someone maybe in their 40s, 50s, or 60s who's trying to like kick the pack a day habit. It was not a here's a health alternative, um, you know, infomercial. It no. was something completely different. Well, and the interesting part about this is when you hear some of the original employees talk about who worked for them, they were also surprised with this advertisement, correct? With the vaporized, you're referring to the vaporized campaign. Yes. Yes. I mean, there, you know, there's just been, um, uh, you know, a, a, a Wondery podcast you referred to, The Vaping Fix, that just came out uh, to talk about this. And there are two books that are also out right now that we're also, um, we've been, we were interviewed um, broadly for. One is um, by Jamie Ducarm of, um, of Time Magazine. And that one um, is called Big Vape. And then the other is by Lauren Etter. Um, and we actually just interviewed her for our podcast. It's called The Devil's Playbook. And it sort of gives you um, a sense of, um, you know, like the backstory, by the way, the backstory is that those Jewel co-founders who were Stanford design grads, um, you know, the, one, of the, one of the early things that they actually did was go to Stanford um, to meet with, um, you know, to meet with the people who were in charge of the tobacco adver advertising archive. I mean, that's what they... They, you know, like they were looking to the tobacco industry for, um, you know, for marketing and design. I mean, it's not an accident. So um, while I certainly cannot tell you what was in what was their intentionality and what was in their minds, um, I certainly can tell you firsthand as, as you and we all know that what they may have intended and what they actually did was completely different. And mm -hmm. none of this is a surprise. I mean, all of this, you know, we, the school incident that I shared with you, my son and I, and my co-founder Dorian and her son, you know, we, um, it's all part of the congressional record. We actually testified in 2019 before a house oversight subcommittee on economics and consumer policy chaired by Congress member Raja Krishnamurthy of Chicago, um, of Illinois rather, um, all of this came out Jules, um, you know, uh, the Stanford archive, you know, the marketing, um, what happened to us, um, and a lot of other, I mean, you know, at one point, I mean, it was almost absurd. Some of the stuff that we heard coming out of that, that hearing that Jewel at one point had sponsored a, um, a children's wellness camp, you know, there were things that we had discovered, you know, a year before, um, we were connecting with people in California in the education world. And we, um, we were sent screenshots of, a um, uh, um, like of a listserv where educators were warning each other not to accept um, this quote dual curriculum. Now, this curriculum, of course, in part, had been taken from Dr. Bonnie Halpern Felsher. It all comes together, and it's talked about in these books and in the podcast. But um, Jewel had hired um, a former school superintendent. Uh, um, named Bruce Harder, or I believe was from California. And he was um, going to schools and, and Jewel was offering large sums of money to underfunded schools. Um, I know in Massachusetts and in California that had been lifted in part from 
the Stanford Stanford professor that I referenced, Bonnie Halpern Felsher. Um, and our school did not receive money, but I mean, this was a very methodical, um, you know, attempt to subvert um, everything that they said they were doing. And in fact, our own testimony about the school incident was cited by FDA as evidence that Juul had marketed to teens. And just, you know, the, the, the device itself, the whole motivation, it was stealth by design. Mm-hmm. And the Vaporize campaign and the use of very young looking uh, influencers and the social media marketing and the giveaways and the parties and all of that, um, you know, what they were selling to to teens and, you know, really to children um, in, on, you know, on platforms and in places where adults were not going was a cool lifestyle and a cool product to go along with the cool lifestyle. What they were not telling anyone was that the cool lifestyle that they were really selling our teens was one of severe nicotine addiction. Now, Meredith, I have a question that is quite basic, but this is, it's all new to me. My daughter's two years old, so it's not something I have to have had to deal with just yet. I um, solve this way before she's in middle school. I hope so. That's, that's our goal is to create this awareness. Um, so there, when researching this, I found that there were different type vape was used interchangeably with e-cigarette and they are different. So can you explain to me and our listeners the difference between the two? So actually, it's an it's interesting point. Um, the words are used interchangeably. Vaping, juuling became a verb. You know, it's been so pervasive. Um, but originally, like in the early days of e-cigarettes, you know, this is, you know, Juul came on the market in late 2015, early 2016. But, but prior to that, you know, there were gener- like the generations of, um, you know, of earlier e-cigarettes, but the vape juice, you know, they were like these big clunky, they look like bongs, you know, with the vape juice. Um, and so, you know, what, what was game changing about Juul was that it used a nicotine salt technology that allowed for, which is, you know, which was, um, uh, trademarked, which is now used throughout the industry, um, but it allowed for enormous amounts of nicotine, um, and uh, and and they also, as I said, it was like stealth by design, like a tech chic shape. But um, so I think that's what you're referring to, you know, in the old days of e-cigarette cigarettes and the vape juice. And there are, you know, in a lot of these um, vape shops, uh, you know, people will mix their own vape flavors, um, you know, they're the refillables. Now, you know, Juul started using the pod system. And now we have the scourge of the disposables, which we had complained about to FDA, you know, a year before, you know, saying, you know, this is the problem. That was the puff bar um, coming onto the market. And um, I mean, that's a whole separate thing about the federal guidance that really wasn't a guidance. Um, and I don't know if you want to go down. I don't want to... I- Yes. Can you just give us a little briefing on that? So one of the frustrations that we have is that um, like I, is that people have this, there's this misperception that this is an epidemic that is over. And that is completely untrue. You know, the most recent federal data, which is already outdated, but came out this past September, um, according to that data, that's from the NYTS, that's the National Youth Tobacco Survey. Um, there are 3.6 million teens who are vaping on a regular basis. Um, that is the same number that is slightly lower than it was the year before, um, the number overall, but that was the same number when it was deemed an epidemic. So it's still at epidemic levels. 
And also in this new, um, you know, there'll be a, a new study coming out, hopefully, you know, in, in just a few months, but um, there was greater frequency of use. And so the numbers belie this idea that a lot of people have, like this was taken care of, weren't flavors banned, or didn't Juul take its flavors off the market? And so I, I just want to say a couple things about that. And one is that um, once Juul was called out, finally, you know, by people like us and our public health partners and by people like Raja Krishnamurthy and Senator Dick Durbin um, and, and so many others, um, for creating the youth vaping epidemic. Um, you know, Jewel then uh, made a, you know, a big show of their commitment. And I'm, I'm being, you know, I'm making the quote signs, right? Their commitment to curbing youth use that they had marketed and, and sought. Um, and so they withdrew willing, they, they, you know, they said, we're withdrawing the flavors. Because really in the end for the teen epidemic. This is all about the flavors. And so, and we talked just a little, like the flavors you're referring to are like mango, cool mint, cool cucumber, everything, creme brulee, like everything. Uh, Candy. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. That is right. But just for Jewel, I want to make the point, I'll give you the broader point, but absolutely. I mean, it's just so clear, you know, but um, so Jewel made a big show of getting rid of their creme brulee and their cucumber, by the way, before they were, they felt that, that they had to, you know, crisis control. They were like, we're calling it creme, not creme brulee. And I'm thinking, my kid, like, what are you talking about? Or they're just going to call it cucumber, not cool cucumber. Yeah, that really made a big difference. So they withdrew all of the flavors except for mint and menthol. Now, I can tell you that those flavors were widely available everywhere. But they did do that. And that was like their point. And then the following year, so so this would be when the survey came out in twenty, the 2019 survey, um, they the numbers showed that all of the kids who had been using, you know, these flavors that were no longer available had migrated to mint. And so Jewel made a big showing of, you know, we're getting rid of mint, we're committed, blah, blah, blah. So they removed mint. Now, when the numbers came out a year later, this is this past September, September 2020, and the numbers now showed that at a minimum, um, you know, 38% of teens are using menthol vapes. So the data shows that the kids follow the flavors. And, and long ago, um, you know, the first one of the first studies, you know, as I mentioned from Stanford, from Dr. Halpern Felcher, and also from Yale, that like flavors hook kids full stop. You know, they keep kids from perceiving harm. They kept the kids from perceiving, you know, the harshness of the nicotine through nicotine salt. So when Juul then had the evidence that now kids were using menthol because the majority of the almost 40% of kids using menthol are using menthol Juul because it's the market leader. Um, You know what Juul did then to show their commitment to curbing youth use? Nothing. They did not reference it. They did not withdraw it. In fact, by then they had formally applied to FDA for approval of their menthol jewel. So the fact that this company has the nerve to say like, we've done it, we've taken off our flavors. I mean, that's the thing that's so infuriating. There was a federal guidance by the former president, Donald Trump. He actually, um, in the fall, in September of 2019, he 
announced and, and many people speculated that it was because of his wife and their son, because she had a teen son in this age group. And so she, you know, was probably more aware of it, um, you know, as we all are as parents of, of older kids. Um, and so the, the then President Donald Trump announced in September of 2019 that he was instructing then Health Secretary Henry Azar to remove all flavored e-cigarettes from the market to combat the youth vaping epidemic, including mint, including menthol, all of it. And that's when the party really got started in terms of the, the throwing of millions of dollars, of lobbying dollars, of frantic lobbying. And all of this, you know, we were monitoring because it's all out there. You can go on opensecrets.org and you can see. Um, and so that Frantic lobbying um, culminated in a meeting in the White House that's actually described very well in Lauren Etter's book that I attended for PAVE, um, wearing a, a, a bubblegum pink dress because I wanted to make sure I screamed mom, mom, families, children. And so that meeting was attended by, you know, the president, the health secretary, uh, Mitt Romney, who has been very good on this issue. He was there, you know, Kellyanne Conway. All of the heads, uh, you know, the, the, the new at that time, he had just become the new head of Jewel, the head of Altria. All of the industry players were sandwiched between the public health um, groups, which is something that had never been done. Um, and it was just a brawl. I mean, screaming and yelling. And um, and even after that meeting, again, you can follow them. You can see where all the lobbying dollars were. And so when the president finally made his decision, and, and our point was, you made the right decision in what you announced. Don't let the big tobacco industry and Juul is now big tobacco because Altria, you know, then also is a you know very large owner of Jewel, although that's being litigated by the FTC, which is suing to break up that deal. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we're back. 
That's what I was going to ask is where is the FTC in all of this? Because we all remember those Joe Camel ads, the cool Joe cool. And I feel like that they, they should share some responsibility in all this, right? So I will tell you that, um, and I'm sorry that I don't mean to go in the weeds, but just to finish this, this one thought, when the president then on New Year's Eve made his, or the day, you know, made his announcement, what he then, what the then president said was, we have to protect children, but we also have to protect the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were 15,000 flavors before this federal guidance um, and 15,000 flavors after because they exempted all the disposables that we had already said, these are a problem. And in fact, there was, I think, um, um, like a, over, a, I mean, I, I actually, I'm sorry, the number skips out of my head now, but I think there was like over a thousand percent increase from one year to the next of disposables led by Puff Bar, which is a whole separate story. You know, that's like the Puff Bar, we, you know, is, was the, at that time was the quote, the new jewel. And, and there are many others out there of the disposables. Um, but they also exempted menthol, which of course now we know 40%, at least of these kids are using menthol and all of the refillables. So there were just as many flavors before as after. As to your question about the FTC, um, I will say, you know, we had gone with our kids to see one of the FTC commissioners. We 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 randomly met him um, and went up to him. Um, this is Commissioner Noah Phillip, and said, Commissioner Phillip, we have evidence that Jewel and other companies are advertising on kids' homework websites. Can we see you? And he gave us his card and we showed up with six kids and they proceeded, you know, and so FTC has um, both, um, you know, they, they have, in, they're investigating, they have been, you know, investigating Jewel and other companies for that because Quizlet, which, um, I mean, Kayla, your daughter is probably still, I mean, she's only two, but Quizlet is a very, very popular um, children's homework website. And so, um we just, you know, yet again, I mean, there, we, we have found evidence of ICOS marketing materials on this kid's website. Um, you know, there was, um, uh, Quizlet also recently, there was evidence of, um, I mean, we had seen evidence of, uh, if I, I can't recall now if it was Jewel, but there were many examples that our own children gave. Um, and some of that came out in um, the Massachusetts case against uh, against Jewel, led by Maura Healy, who's been a great a spokesperson. So the FTC separately is suing to unravel the Jewel Altria deal. Um, and I actually don't know at this moment what the status is of the case, if it's gone to trial. I think it, it, it may have started. Um, but your point about the advertising is actually a very, very good one, because what you're referring to is um, in the first go around. Right. It isn't that big tobacco went away. It's that the public health groups that fought this for decades were able to um, to, you know, beat down the monster. Well, that monster was just simmering beneath the surface like the Loch Ness Monster. And then it just rose up out of the dark, slimy depths, looking much cooler and chicer. It's the same crowd. It's same. They are the same tactics. Um, actually, one of our great partners out of San Francisco, the, the former city attorney um, of San Francisco, Louise Rennie, was the one who um, uh, who had many years ago, who had sued and won to get Joe Camel off the air. And so in 1970, um, there was a federal law passed that that um, forbade, you know, that that ended um, uh, TV advertising and um, broadcast advertising of 
cigarettes. And the problem is that there is no um, similar uh, ruling about e-cigarettes. Or for social media or, uh, you know, I mean, people, the reality is, is people aren't watching scheduled programming on TV anymore. And by people, I mean, teenagers, you know what I mean? Or young adults. Right. I think a lot of this is shaming the media companies, because I think um, I think that there's a reluctance to litigate this issue um, because of the of the climate and and First Amendment and, you know, and so I think that, you know, I think that there is a reluctance even among all of us who believe in public health and, you know, that if you were to um, to litigate something like this, it might open a can of worms that could never be <laughs> closed. You know, you don't. So I think that the idea is that, you know, for example, um, you know, that that I know, C, I know that CNN had been, you know, running jewel ads and then they stopped. Um, but I still, you know, still see ads for views, which is owned by Reynolds. I mean, these kinds companies are so look they have limitless funds they play the long game they use third parties to do the dirty work so you know oh we didn't know we had hired a marketing company and they were the ones who were advertising that e-cigarette but that's you know all you have to do is go back and talk to the people many of whom are still in this fight against e-cigarettes today who were there the first time around Mm -hmm. um and so our point is they're playing the long game but so are we i mean big tobacco mess with the wrong moms and when i say the wrong moms i don't just mean the three of us and we have a fourth partner who's you know came on early but I mean, the parents and really the moms across this country who are furious because this is a generation of kids who would otherwise, but for Jewel and the bad, the, the imitators, the bad actors who followed, the puff bars, the stigs, um, the Miley minis. Um, this is a generation that would otherwise not have been initiated into tobacco use at all. Right. And how do we know that? Because prior to Jewel's introduction, the youth smoking rates in this country were the lowest they had ever been, below 6%. And poof, in a moment, it feels like all of that hard work of our public health partners has has evaporated and we can't lose this generation to nicotine addiction. We're going to pause our conversation with Meredith Berkman right now and continue it next week. We feel so passionate about this episode. We wanted to make it a two-parter. We have another great episode coming for you next week. We'll see you then. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Katrina Henning. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast.